0: It's the summer of 1975. Steven Spielberg has just released what many consider the definitive shark movie. Italian director Enzo Castorelli takes this as a challenge. In 1981, he releases Ultimo Squalo, a movie about a shark that ruthlessly chases its prey, much like the way that the lawyers representing the Jaws franchise would chase it out of movie theaters. Marketed overseas as the sequel to Jaws, Get your windsurf board ready and jump in the shallow end. Today, we talk about the last shark. You're listening to It's a Kind of Garbage Podcast, movie edition. <sighs> it's a kind
1: of Oh, man, Cody, I feel like I'm having deja vu right now. <laughs>
0: Why is that, Adam?
1: Oh, I, I feel like I've seen, um I don't know how many creature features, which I'm okay with.
0: <laughs> so I love a good creature feature. I love a good uh, Enzo Castorelli feature. I know we've done multiple on the podcast before, and I thought this this would just be a double whammy to... take to you was make Adam watch another water based monster movie this time also make it another Jaws rip off and make it by uh, Last Barbarians, Bronx Warriors, Escape the Bronx filmmaker Enzo Castorelli. So this was uh, for me, this was the perfect storm of a movie.
1: I can't think of anything that I would be upset about being in this movie from the opening of the guy uh, windsurfing, just rubbing his ass against the water constantly and being like, whoa, I I have no moves I can do on this on the surfboard to later on mannequins stock footage. Everything's there that you know and love from these types of movies.
0: Yeah, so the movie opens up with some kids on the beach talking about how... You know beach the beach town usa city they live in which is actually malta (laughs) how they're all getting ready for the windsurfing competition so as they're talking one of their friends is out practicing his six stunts on his windsurf board which are basically he can like duck under the sail and go from one side of the board to the other and he's got a few other moves um, he's wearing some. The movie was released in '81, so it was clearly filmed in the '70s. He's got his '70s. I don't even know windsurfing attire, which is like a basically a skin-tight shirt and short shorts. So he keeps sailing and like thrusting his hips out, and you can clear as day see the outline of his genitals. And then he keeps dipping his butt in the water as like a stunt. So as he's out doing this. Using the, the classic Jaws, yeah, monsters point of view camera work, his surfboards been bitten in half by the shark. So now he's sailing on half of the surfboard. And then the shark comes back around for its attack, which, and we'll see this several times in the movie, when the shark attacks, it's uh, a still shot of a dummy on a surfboard where like a piece of dynamite is placed under the surfboard. And it explodes, just sending a rigid dummy straight into the air. And it might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It's so bad.
1: Every single time that would happen, we would scream in excitement because it looks stupid and ridiculous and just over the top.
0: Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. It's it's one of the weirdest ways I've ever seen, like how you would even like show a shark attack. Like it is it's wild, but it's so damn good. So we'll get. We'll get into the shark later, but first let's let's talk about the story. So the kids, the kids, which are all played by actors in their 30s, but they're all supposed to be teenagers. They're all revved up for the windsurf race that's going to happen in the next week to when the one windsurfer gets attacked by a shark. Uh, His friends go out to find him and they can't. So they go talk to shark expert fisherman Ron Harmer, played by Vic Moreau finds the surfboard and gives it to Peter Benton, to which together they go and talk to the governor, who is also, or it's the mayor of the city who's running for governor, to tell him that he needs to close the beach and they can't do the windsurf race because of the shark. One of the things that makes this movie a little hard to follow is Vic Moreau is either whispering or screaming his lines in an accent that no one could place if it was Scottish or Irish or Italian. And anything his character, Ron Hammer, says... You basically have to guess by the reactions of his co-stars.
1: Oh, yeah. We all were just like, what is he saying? It's like, turn it up. And you're like, but right when he starts, like, he's whispering, and I'm going to turn up, he starts yelling. And right when you turned it up, he started yelling. And we all started laughing, and we still can't understand yeah. what he's saying. I assume that he's also drunk on the set of Oh, I, this I can film. only
0: imagine how drunk he is. All right, his weak points are the base of the head and below the dorsal. You have to aim for one or the other of the two areas. Because the great white shark you cannot scare off. not this animal, especially because he's had his taste of human flesh and he's developed a craving kind of madness because it's not this hunger that he wants to satisfy He wants to kill. Yeah, so every he has he's the second bill actor in the movie. He's one of the main stars of the movie. And anything, any dialogue he delivers is completely unintelligible. You have no idea what he's saying. So when he talks, you just have to wait until his co-star says, "Yeah, that's a good idea. We should go out in the boat." And you're like, "Okay." So he said, "Let's go out in the boat."
1: Yeah. This there's so I want to say there's so many characters, but there wasn't there were enough characters that I'm like I don't know anyone's name. Because there's a bunch of different quote unquote teenagers in it. There's a bunch of just older men that all have like mustaches. You're know, like, oh, there's mustache man number one, number two. Everyone number three. has a
0: mustache who's a man. And anyone who's supposed to be a teenager has curly, has curly blonde hair.
1: And they all look like Terry yeah, Fox. They, yeah,
0: they really did. But it's almost, yeah, you're right. Like at one point in the movie, the mayor's son goes out on a boat. And as the mayor's son is out on the boat, there's another teenager who's helping out Peter Benton but they look identical and we're just like wait a minute is he on the boat or are they done on the boat and he's back on shore and then it cuts back out to him on the boat
1: yeah there's I don't want to say there's weird teleporting but it seems like someone someone will be out on the boat and then they'll cut to somebody else on a different boat and then they cut to like a building and then the first person who was on a boat is now in the building and then they'll cut back to the person on their boat and now the person who's on the building is now like on the beach or on another boat we're like where are these people like we like we we need Substance to tell us where they're going and why they're going to this place. You can't just teleport them back. Yeah, and so forth. The,
0: like it's competently enough made where there's establishing shots to be like, okay, the characters are now on a boat or they've referenced, like, we'll go out on a boat and check it out. And then when the next show, the next shot in the movie is just a shot of like a boat out on the water, the audience can follow along and be like, okay, we are now with these characters as they are, are have now gotten onto a boat out in the ocean which makes sense but then they'll be out on a boat and then they'll talk for a bit and then there's no there's no dialogue that says well we didn't find anything and then the next shot is like a an establishing shot of like city hall and it's them back at city hall saying yeah we didn't find anything where you can follow it like it'll be them on a boat and they'll be saying like we got to find this shark and then it'll cut to the radio station at the harbor and one of them will be there and you'll be like, wait a minute, was he on the boat? Or are we done with the boat stuff? Like what's
1: going on? One of my favorite side characters who we don't get to see too, too much. His character's name is Bob Martin, which doesn't matter. He's he's hanging out. He also star he co-stars in the new barbarians as Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Or Scorpion. I can't remember. But he's also in um, Escape the Bronx. The second one, the second one. I, which I think was Escape the Bronx. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it was amazing to see him show up. He's really good in this, too. He plays like a sleazy television producer who's there to film the boat race. But when he realizes
1: there's a giant shark he's setting up cameras to get better shots of yeah. the sharks and just want like you see someone getting eaten you fucking film them
0: oh yeah yeah like he he plays like a good like sleaze character in this movie i i loved vic Moreau's character of of the uh the quint character from jaws like the the grizzled fisherman his character is so like his dialogue <laughs> his dialogue is is it's insane Like you don't know what accent he's doing and he's screaming. Like, feel free at this point, Adam, to like insert just audio of him yelling or whispering. Cause like, you need to hear it to believe it. And this is one of the main characters that like, his dialogue will be explaining points of the movie. So like, you're going into this movie blind because when he tells you something to the audience, you're like, what did he say? And then you just have to be surprised by it.
1: I'll tell you one thing. If he gets a whip of that ball out uh, he's going to come around in a hurry. Now, Gloria, in the locker, there's
0: some tight ropes and clips. Yeah, if we need them, we're going to need them fast.
1: Just say the word, Skipper.
0: Yeah, I hope so. You know, Peter, we're allowed to see something the size of which we never dreamed It's bound to be an experience. It's, it's bound to be. The hell it is! That's just your shark, or your daughter's leg. There are no bodies out there, and more to come if we don't end this thing. Jesus, Peter. Don't you think I know the pain you're going through? But he's down there, he's down there now, he's waiting to attack. It's been his pattern just before he makes an attack. And this is the only thing we have to stop him. And
1: there's only one dynamite belt. So what's the sense in risking both our necks?
0: I've been chilling shot most of my life. While well, you have been right most of your life. So I'm the expert here. And that's what it's going to take to kill up bastard. Peter, I need your help. I need you on the ship. If I'm in trouble down there, you're the only one that can bail me out. Now, is what I'm saying make any sense to you?
1: The kid at the beginning yeah. who dies, his sister and her father are throughout this movie, and they're almost like the new secondary main characters but there's so many kids and adults in this and i would say 90 percent of them die there's only a couple of them that don't but once they realize that there's a shark loose the mayor puts out like some type of like a steel cage and netting like in the i don't call it a lagoon but like on the beach by the pier and that's when they're telling everybody oh it's gonna be it's gonna be safe we can still have all these wind surfers like out there having a competition which we get to see and and we're just in there and be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the premise of windsurfing is. Who Who's winning? Because just like hundreds of surfers out there and were like, it's just, it's just a massive sales. Yeah,
0: they have this little windsurf race. Uh, the mayor has like said that they're going to put safety nets up just in case. Obviously the shark breaks through the safety net. So this movie uses an obscene amount of stock footage. Um, It uses more stock footage than Orca, which is a lot, which is weird because, like, it keeps doing... Yeah, the stock footage is really weird because it cuts to, I'm presuming, footage of sharks from the 60s and 70s that, like, National Geographic has. And it was all filmed with, like, specialty film and underwater cameras so that they could film in, like, low light conditions underwater. So this film is, like it's been overexposed to try to get the colors out of it so you can actually see like what they what like divers and 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 steel cage divers were seeing in the dark so whenever it shows the shark above water it's actually a a, a really well done model of a shark that or animatronic shark that they use it's it's insane it's, re- it's good like to see it move and everything it's considering this is a pretty lower budget movie, it's really well done. But then when it cuts to the stock footage, the stock footage of the sharks, the sharks are all like neon colors because the film's been exposed so much to try to see the actual shark in the water. So the sharks all look like some of them are yellow. There was a shark that was like a really weird purpley, bluey color. And the water the color in the water has been exposed out so much that it's just black. So you have all these weird clips of sharks swimming around in black. And the shark is like either white or yellow or like baby blue and purple. And it's just insane looking.
1: One of the scenes that about like one third through the movie where the shark has done the damage, they know what's there. It's killed somebody. The surfers are on the beach like they have their their surfboards on the ground but then they put their sleeping bags on top of their yeah. surfboards to sleep in. and they it looks like they're all getting ready like they're all like getting in their boards like oh, sorry in their bags and then one girl just says like hey let's go swimming it's like wait are you going to bed right now and they all just start like getting undressed and their bathing suits on swimming and right before they get into the water, the girl's just running, like, it's a sideways shot of her running sideways on the beach, and your partner, Andrew goes to me, he's like, Adam, look, her boobs are falling. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, it's like half of her boobs are, I'm like, yay. I, and this was after you said to me, there's no nudity yeah. in this movie. So and I it like, says oh. there's no
0: nudity in this movie, which there's a, sl- there's a prolonged slow motion shot of a woman running on the beach where basically her breasts just like explode out of the top of her bikini top, which it counts that as not nudity but so peter benton's daughter jenny who's played by the director's daughter who also stars in um new barbarians she falls out of a little boat and she's got like a white sweater on or something and then as soon as they pull her back in like she's wearing the most like see-through clothing imaginable and then they throw her in the water and then pull her right out
1: which good on the director well not good it's on his the director daughter. because it, well, it's your daughter but when like when she comes out you're like her boobs and then it's automatically like it cuts or like the camera pulls above her like her nipple line basically so you can't see them and i was like oh maybe he was self-conscious and be like i don't want that shot of my daughter in my movie for that long but i still need to get the shot and that's what she is wearing and do you know how long it will take for her hair to dry for her to like yeah. fall back in
0: <laughs> which i still love uh So Castorelli's daughter, Stefania Girolami, she acted a bunch in the 70s and 80s, I think in a bunch of his movies and some other stuff. But she ended up becoming an assistant director and like a, a second unit director and a producer for a bunch of stuff like Castorelli already has like an amazing IMDb for just like discovering all this, these like golden knockoff movies but then once you like click his daughter and look at his dra- his daughter's IMDb his daughter's IMDb is even better like his daughter was a first assist uh, uh, an assistant director on Dawson's Creek she was an assistant director on Empire Records for Super Mario Brothers movie just a bunch of other trashy movies oh it's it's amazing
1: so like we were saying they were on the beach and this is where the shark breaks through the netting. And the way they that they signal to all the swimmers and all the people on land that there's a shark in the water is one of the boys gets stuck to his tail. And so he's dragging it around above water. So they're like, there's a notification, basically, a beacon where the shark is. I don't know if that was ripped off from another movie with the shark. It wasn't in Jaws 3, and I haven't seen okay, Jaws 1 or 2. So
0: this is a whole, we're not going to go into it because A, you haven't yeah. seen Jaws and we'd have to watch we'd have to watch jaws then rewatch this but almost every single action beat in this movie this movie is just it's it's an it's italian jaws 1 that's been completely reassembled so so many like um there's so many scenes in this movie and so many like ideas that are just directly taken from jaws and then they just change one thing so like there there is a scene in the first jaws movie where they're shooting the shark with like these mini harpoon things and they're tying barrels to it to try to like keep the shark at the surface of the water so every time the shark is chasing the boat whenever there's like a barrel you know the shark is nearby so they do the exact same thing with this they're like anytime you see that little boy you know the shark's
1: near so i want to talk about the the shark attacks (laughs) because all of them are pretty amazing. We talked about the original one. The second one is where it's um, actually at the competition of all the windsurfers. Are they windsurfers? Is I that what this is I called? I think
0: that sport is called windsurfing.
1: I wasn't sure if like the windsurfing was the ones that they had the kites out in the air because that's, isn't I, that? I don't know. I have
0: fucking no clue. Wait, windboarding.
1: What happens in this one is it knocks almost everybody off their boards. It doesn't attack anybody who's on a surfboard. It attacks one man who is telling everybody to get out of the water as he stands in the middle of his little dinghy, an actual boat yeah. with a motor on it. You see the boy going towards him and he turns around and he just goes, oh shit. And then we see the best scene of just a cannon shooting him like dummy version of him and his boat yes. up in the air. And then and then we just see Scorpion from. <laughs> <laughs> like with this camera crew being like that was a great shot like super happy and you see the shark descend back into the water as the guy's swimming and we're like that is a great model like i know we talked about it before but the the prop shark in this is now, so good
0: when you say the prop the prop shark of it above water is good they try to like one up jaws by actually having underwater shots of the shark which is one of the things that it kind of famously plagued Spielberg's Jaws was that there was a bunch of intended scenes of the shark, like using the animatronic shark underwater, but they couldn't quite get the shark to work. So a bunch of those scenes were abandoned and then they used like forced perspective, like not they used perspective shots of like from the shark's point of view. In this movie, they're like, no, we're going to we're going to make a shark that works underwater and we're going to shoot what the shark is doing under the boats and, and everything. And it's this rubber. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a rubber shark that's pulled by a string through an aquarium. And it's oh, so it's adorable, cute. <laughs> but it's, it looks
1: like a bath toy. Yeah, it's you would think that someone would have that in their bathtub with their scuba Steve mm-hmm. figure. Later, about halfway through the movie, they decide to go hunting for the shark. Like they have what, like a C four belt with them, and like a shot shotgun shells on on a pole that you can like shoot at them. And they go into this cave, and we're like, are they looking for this thirty six foot shark in these small yes. crevices? But the shark the shark finds them at the exit, and then it proceeds to smash its face off the cave, knocking pieces of like big like brick or stone like piece of the cave down and i was just like he's playing tetris because he's moving all the pieces perfectly just to block the swimmers inside the (laughs) yeah which
0: is this is a different shark model that's used so in the aquarium there's a couple shots in the movie where like the shark's sticking his head into uh like an aquarium and it's like pretty obviously a hand puppet with someone reaching it into the aquarium and then using the sharks yeah like the shark plays tetris to try to block off the entrance to something, which is amazing.
1: So what they end up doing is they have to use the C4 to blow themselves out, and then they they escape and they go back on the boat. And really, that was the scene where I feel like the scene was in here to foreshadow the use of C4 because the only reason they went to that cave was to use the C4 to blow themselves out, which will come back near the end of the movie, which we'll talk about. There's also about three, four, five coolers that we get to see in this movie because everybody has this random same idea. It's like, maybe if I get a cooler with a big chunk of meat in it, I can like... (laughs) get the shark to come to me and spoilers if you have a a chunk of meat with you it's not going to end well for some reason because you one you don't know what you're doing in the first place and maybe you have a shotgun and you're shooting at a shark like 20 feet away or you're inside of a helicopter that gets pulled underwater
0: yeah to get revenge for their friend the mayor's son they rig up like ai don't even know what it is some it's, it's like this huge aluminum pole from like a tent or something they rig it up to the size of the side of his dad's boat with a huge chunk of meat, and then obviously the shark comes and attacks it, and it knocks Peter Benton's daughter off the side of the boat, and when they're trying to pull her back into the boat, the shark bites her legs off.
1: But you don't get to see the bitten legs off, yeah, which yeah, I was it, kind it, of upset it shows because, one of the legs in its oh mouth, in its yeah. mouth. It wasn't like Bo Derek's leg being ripped off in Orca, where like you got to see like the leg and the stump and her be like, oh, this one they show a little bit, but then not as much as I yeah. wanted to see of the blood and the gore. Right after that happens is when the governor, uh, governor, what was his name, yeah. Wells? Governor Wells decides to take a helicopter up with the exact same exact same thing. He has a hunk of meat hanging from the helicopter, but they don't have anything to kill the shark. So I don't know what their like end game. Yeah, like it, was
0: it's not explained very well. So he's like, I have a helicopter with a winch on the side. We're gonna tie the meat to the winch and lower it in the water. The shark comes and gets hooked onto the meat, and then that's the end of their plan. They're like, uh oh, like there's no second point. Like once we have the shark, we'll shoot it or we'll drag it into the shore or whatever.
1: And all that happens is that the shark pulls them. Governor Wells falls into the water, yeah. gets pulled back up by the helicopter. And then the, sh- then the great white shark jumps up and rips his legs off. And then he proceeds to bleed out. And then like, I guess, faints, falls into the water and then is eaten. For whatever reason, the helicopter pilot doesn't pull up because he's just like watching like nothing's happening. They never got a proper reaction shot for him. And then eventually the shark jumps up and pulls the helicopter under the water yes. as well.
0: After that happens, Peter Benton and Ron Hammer come up with, like, the same plan. They're like, what if we use the helicopter? So they find out that the mayor has already taken the helicopter out. So they go out with their boat to try to find him. And they find the wreckage of the helicopter. So Ron Hammer swims, he scubas down to see, like, I I, I don't know, like, obviously no one's alive. But he swims down to see, like, what's, I guess... At the helicopter wreckage. So when he scuba's down, he goes inside the helicopter to look around. And then the shark comes back and basically like smashes up the helicopter again. Ron is then trapped inside the helicopter. So Peter Benton swims down to rescue him. And they take Ron's scuba equipment off to try to get him untangled in the ropes because all the winch cable is still all in the area. So when he does that, the shark comes around bites the winch cable, and then swims away. So he basically pulls the Ron Hammer character underwater for a while as he drowns. And that that kills Ron, and you don't really see Ron's body until the end of the movie. So Peter swims back up to the surface to his boat.
1: Yeah, Peter swims back to his boat, and he's on it for a bit, and he doesn't come back until, again, the end of the movie. But we cut to the shore now because they've tied another meat chunk to the end of a pier, or not even to a pier, just an end of a dock on like a side of a, another dock, and everybody's standing on it. And immediately, I look at you, I'm like, "Why would you be on it?" Because the shark's going to knock it down. But instead, the shark rips part of the dock out and then pulls it out with like ten people out to the middle of the o- not the middle of the yeah. ocean, but like just far out. Yeah, this is where oh, we didn't even talk about uh, Crocodile Dundee for this movie because all of these. <laughs> creature features have their own crocodile dmd character where he's the best he's the best tracker when he comes in he knows what to do this guy cowboy boots the tightest fucking jeans you've ever seen his little cowboy hat and I want to see if I can do an order like this shark starts attacking the floating dock which doesn't mean to be floating and just starts eating everybody on it
0: so as the dock is just floating around the sharks like it's doing that (laughs) It's doing that like explosion move it does where it keeps knocking like holes into the dock and blowing people into the water. It knocks the shark hunter into the water. And before they can pull him back up, it's like bit him in half. So then there's this awesome shot of them pulling a a dummy full of meat back onto
1: the boat. (laughs) Uh, So eventually Peter Benton shows up and I think there's only like three teenagers left and like his his girlfriend character he gets them all onto the boat but he hasn't jumped back on the boat himself and then the shark pulls this floating dock out leaving just him and then that's where we get to meet our old friend again
0: yeah so hammer's body from the shark attacking now hammer's body is like gotten tied up to the dock peter benton comes with his boat and gets everyone off the dock and then when he gets on the dock to try to rescue his wife The shark knocks the dock away again. So he's on the dock by himself with the shark ripping it up. He fights the shark with two by fours for a little while, which is awesome. And then he notices that Ron Hammer's body, the shark's brought it because it's tied to the shark. It's now like beside the dock. So he takes off. He goes to grab the body to drag it back up. And then the shark comes and bites Ron Hammer and tries to pull him away. So as they're wrestling over Ron's body, Peter Benton grabs his dynamite detonator. The shark gets the body and swims away. So as the shark swimming away, Peter Benton primes the dynamite and then he does this like action hero move where in slow motion he jumps off of the dock and then detonates the dynamite and it just causes like the littlest tiniest explosion on the underwater model and blows the shark's head off
1: see yeah which i like i get that whole i get it the shark went down he yelled, i think he yelled like damn you and then yeah it shows him like doing a superhero side dive into the water hitting the detonator being like there's gonna be a massive explosion and yeah it goes under the yeah. water <laughs> and then he pops up why wouldn't like you have water cannons why wouldn't you have a bunch of water cannons with like meat chunks and, and like red liquid to shoot out of the water at the same time and like towards him? So you had that big explosion of the shark going off, just the, the chunks flying everywhere. But they didn't do that. And that was so disappointing. Mm-hmm. After that happens, it's it's basically the wrap up. Scorpio's on the TV, like telling the story. He asks the guy like, hey, like, give me a comment. And the guy's like, no. And I think like he pushes him over. And then they all just him and his girlfriend character hop into the car. And then all of the kids slash like adults that are left over jump into the car and then like, hey, it's over. And and that's the movie. And it was so yeah. fun.
0: So this movie, it you can't even really get into it. It has so much ripped off from Jaws. And then it was marketed in, I think, in Japan and in some parts of Europe. It was actually marketed as Jaws 3 or Jaws 4. It was marketed, I think, as Jaws 3, like an actual sequel to Jaws. And then whoever owns the rights to Jaws, they basically sued it and had it removed from a bunch of theaters. And yeah, like the, the marketing for this movie really screwed it over. Funny enough, <laughs> 9 years later another shark movie gets made called Deep Blood, which I'm trying to think, I believe it's an American movie, um like B movie. It gets made and then it ends up ripping off a bunch of special effects from this movie. So like the whole final scene of like the shark attacking the dock and everything, that's the end of Deep Blood. So just what goes yeah. around
1: comes around I, in the world of shark movies. Is,
0: This is one of the things I love about shark movies is that they all just rip off jaws and then they all just become this huge, it just becomes this big legal thing. And I just think it's the funniest thing in the world.
1: (laughs) So obviously I think, um, everyone's gonna know this but i recommend the movie i think if you like shark movies if you like creature features definitely check this one out it's super fun of course we spoiled it for you but it's still gonna be a great watch just to see all the props and the mechanical shark and then the other underwater scenes we didn't mention that at one point like a fish shows up and we're like oh it's a fish and you're like i think that's the shark
0: yeah it's It's wild. I think it's a great movie. It's let's jump into rankings.
1: All right. So for rankings, um, I, I enjoyed this movie. It's not the highest on my list, but it's still it does make my top 10. This one is going to go um, above Bionic mm-hmm. Boy and just under Dead Weekend. So this will be my new number nice. nine. <laughs>
0: yeah i i love this movie it's gonna be my new number seven so i'm gonna place it right above the dragon ball movie we watched
1: yeah so right above dragon ball your new number seven it just it's two under jaws three i'm surprised that you didn't like this more than jaws i just can't change mine now but i I just love (laughs)
0: like jaws three is a goofy shark (laughs) movie i absolutely love the premise of jaws three of a
1: shark gets stuck in a water park We have now knocked four movies off the top 10 list. If you go to a akindofgarbage.com to our top 10 section, you can see what the current top 10 list is because we're not going to say it every single time, but it's always there. It gets updated um, every Friday when we post a new episode. It should be updated. That's my job. I Sometimes I forget, but yeah, it, it should be always up to date. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> our next episode coming up, we're going to have a Patreon episode for Bloodfist, And on the same day, there will be a comic book episode of Bill and Ted are doomed. So be sure to check that mm-hmm. out next week. So, no listener mail, but we want to thank you for listening and hopefully you check out this movie because it was a lot of fun and obviously we both enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening.
1: As always, you can find us online through our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram, both at A Kind of Garbage. You can also email us at A Kind of Garbage at gmail.com with any questions or comments you may have. Be sure to check us out at A where you can find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages. As well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash a kind of garbage, where you can get access to our private Discord channel and Patreon exclusive podcasts. Thank you again for joining us, and be sure to tune in next time. So, Cody, I don't know how many how many creature feature movies do you have in your back catalog? <laughs> uh, they were
0: just movies I really liked when I was kids, and I know they're trash, and I kind of like them. Fuck that! I don't know. I just I find that if especially if we're gonna watch like B movies, I find that creature features are so good for B movies because not only is it the movie. Is pretty much going to be guaranteed that it's not going to be very competently made. Well, but then on top of that, you have it gives them an excuse to like show off the best they could do for like the the monster models,
1: which I love. I was I'm just looking at my um my DVD and Blu-ray shelf. I can't see all of them because it's mm-hmm. too deep. But I I don't think I have any creature feature movies on there. There's two, but I wouldn't consider them like horror creatures and the the two movies i'm looking at right now are keanu which is a which is a yeah, cat i've never i've never even seen that movie <laughs> and then oh no it's um i i would say that keanu is this generation's kangaroo jack
0: okay cuz it's not the movie is about a cat but the movie's not about a cat
1: yeah the cuz in i think in the trailers the cat talks and spoilers keanu reeves does its voice okay But that is not reality when that happens, much like Kangaroo Jack. Where Kangaroo Jack, all the kids were like super excited to see this talking kangaroo. And it's just a dream sequence that lasts like not even a minute. And then people are like, what the fuck? And we're super upset. Yeah, uh, B movies, as you know, I love them. I'm going to give people a warning for our our Patreon episode next week. If you're eating, make sure you bring extra mayonnaise with you. Just an extra little bottle. God,
0: I can't believe we're going to talk about this fucking insane movie.